Father, we just thank you for another opportunity to be together today on this podcast. I thank you that we are all here today by a divine appointment. This is an appointment on your calendar, not just for me, Father, but for every single listener. I thank you that you are so mindful of every single person that's listening to this podcast, Father. You are, you're obsessed really with each of your kids. Psalm 139 says that your thoughts about us are as innumerable as the sand. And Father, we just want to connect today with some of those thoughts. We want to connect with just some, a few of those infinite thoughts that you have about us, that you have about your kids. Father, we want to get in agreement with who you say we are. We want to get in agreement with our union with you, with our union with Jesus, with our union with the Holy Spirit, with our oneness with you, God. We want to get in agreement with it. We want to, we want to get in agreement with it to such a degree that it's the only me we see. That it is just becomes impossible for us to view ourselves or our lives, our past, our future, our present without you being in the middle of it with us, God. We're clothed with Jesus. We wear you, God. And we want that to be a reality that we experience every single moment of our lives, not just a revelation that we visit or a truth that we hear. Father, make it experiential. Integrate us with Jesus, even at a, at a subconscious level, at an unconscious level. Do what only you can do, Father. Make the gospel true for us, not just an intellectual agreement that we say, oh, yes, I believe that. But make it a message that we have experienced to such a degree that, that, that we become... Yeah, the a living proof that it is true. Father, make the fruit of the gospel true experientially for us. Produce the fruit that our union with God is destined to produce. So, Father, we just, we yield to the spirit of truth today. We yield to you, Holy Spirit. Lead and guide us into all truth. Cause the truth that sets us free to be known experientially, God. We just, Holy Spirit, we just depend on you. You are the the mind renewal person. You are our counselor. You are our comfort. You are the one that truly makes Jesus real to us. You manifest Jesus. You manifest the truth in our lives. And we need you. We need your grace. We need the communion of the Holy Spirit in our lives to to cause the glory of God that is in us to be experiential. And so, Holy Spirit, we just say yes. We say yes to what you want to do. We say yes to connecting us with the mind of God, the the Father today. 
We say yes to you searching the deep things that are in his heart and in his mind and revealing those things to us, making them real and manifesting them to us. I completely yield my mind and my agenda and my heart to you. And I just say, speak through me today, Holy Spirit. Think through my mind. Preach above my understanding. You do the work today, Father. Because I know when you do it, there's transformation. That you do what we can't do for ourselves. And that is awesome. So we just say yes to that transformative work that you want to do today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you've been tuning in to the podcast since the beginning of the year, you know that we started out the year with a word from the Father for 2020 that was basically a continuation of the word from 2019, but it was really about learning to abide. It was living out of our true identity. It was mastering abiding and living out of our union with Jesus. Uh, And what was powerful about it is that the father said that that was really the recipe for success in life. That true success was only possible when we lived out of our true identity. And when we were abiding in you as a way of being and as a way of living and thinking (laughs) and honestly not a work uh, but but just a way a way of experiencing life and that as we you know abide in you that 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 fruit that that you want to produce through our lives you know, which looks like goals and looks like callings and looks like our purpose and looks like the fruit of the spirit and looks like miracles, all these things that, you know, are the good works really that you preordained for us to accomplish our destiny, if you will, that, that, those, those, that fruit will come forth naturally like breathing as we abide in you. And then last podcast, I, I kind of, introduced a concept and I, I called the podcast original glory and I, I started to focus a little bit more, kind of made a shift from just focusing on abiding in our union to kind of, you know, the fruit that is produced from union. And I called that original glory and I'm, I am on this topic myself. Uh, this, this is very personal for me. I mean, I obviously take the prophecies that you give for the corporate audience and I apply them to my life. And I, my prayer is that every listener is doing that as well. And honestly, if you haven't, you know, yet printed out those words for the year, I encourage you to go back and print out the word for 2020 and print out the word for 2019 and really connect to the father's agenda for 2020 in a way that is practical uh, I think I might've mentioned this in the last podcast, but I'm, I feel, I feel the presence of God on it to mention it again now. But in addition to kind of getting on page with God by looking at those prophecies for 2020 and, and just, you know, the referral back to 2019, really 
on a, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis to really begin to just make this your focus. In addition to that, I, I really also encourage you, if you haven't already, just to get the word that God has for your life for 2020. So coming out of kind of those corporate prophecies, I believe that there is a personal agenda that the Father is accomplishing in your life really every single day, but, you know, has a word that he wants to accomplish in your life for 2020. So in my own life, the word for 2020 is a word called slow-mo, like slow motion. And it's an interesting word. So when you sit down with the Holy Spirit, just be prepared, you know, for whatever pops into your mind. And if it doesn't make sense, that's okay. Uh, Prophetic revelation, I would say 90 plus percent of the time doesn't make sense when the Holy Spirit reveals it. And that is okay because we are not leaning to our own understanding. We are connecting to the mind of God. We're connecting to the heart of God and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. So trying to, you know, receive the revelation of God with your intellect is a, just a, not a smart way to go about it. Okay. Instead, you want to stay in a place of openness. You want to stay in a place of listening and receiving because the same way that you get the word of God for your life for 2020 is the same way you're going to get the understanding of that word. And it's the same way that you're going to apply the understanding that you get from that word, meaning you're going to lean on the Holy Spirit every step of the way to give you his understanding. All right. This is a way of really getting out of your mind completely, which is honestly the way of abiding. Because when you are abiding in Christ, you're abiding in his understanding and his revelation. And you're in a place of complete dependency. You know, the, 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 the branch is dependent upon the vine. The, the vine is the source. And in this case, the source of the revelation, the source of the interpretation, and the source of the application. So there is no independent, like, oh, I don't know what this means, or this is confusing, or, you know, get out your dream interpretation book and look up, you know, what the word means. I mean, for me, the word slow motion, like, what in the world? You know, I I don't even, I don't even know where to begin to try to make sense of how that word is an agenda that the Father is going to accomplish in my life in 2020. There's one other step that I want to take you through uh, that if I haven't, again, I sometimes I kind of forget what I've covered and what I haven't, but it's okay to it's okay to say it again, even if I have said it before. The Apostle Paul said, it's not grievous for me to remind you of these things, uh, meaning that we do need to hear things more than once if we're going to grasp it and be reminded of things. The Holy Spirit said, I'll bring to remembrance the things that Jesus has spoken to you. So part of my job as a teacher is to bring to remembrance things that the Father has spoken or things that that you need to remember. So let's review. 
I said, you need to grab that word from 2020 and make that a regular part of your devotion time with God. My recommendation is on a daily basis because it's so easy to get distracted and off of God's agenda. And that word was really God's agenda for your life about living out of your true identity and how to live a truly successful life. It's a big word. (laughs) It's a, it's a, it's a bet your life on kind of word, right? And then it, you know, referred because it referred back to the word from 2019. Heck, grab that one too. They're both on my blog. You can go to shalice.com. You can grab those words. But then the next step I said is get your word for 2020. Ask the Holy Spirit, what's your word? Mine is slow motion. But then I want to also bring it down to another level. So if our word for the year, we have the corporate word, then we've got our personal word. I want you to bring it down to what is the word that God has for each one of the quarters for 2020? And a quarter is, you know, just the year broken down into increments of three months. So the first quarter is January, February, March. The second quarter is April, May, June. The third quarter is July, August, September. And the fourth quarter is October, November, December. And so all I'm saying is break down, ask the Holy Spirit, what's your word for first quarter? What's your word for the second quarter? What's your word for the third quarter? What's your word for the fourth quarter? And when you get those words, write them down. Write them down in your journal. Write them down at the big front of your journal (laughs) so that you get a feel for what is God doing. What is he doing in the first quarter of this year? And how does that relate to the overall word that he's given me for the year? And how does that relate to the word that he's given us corporately for the year? That is a continuation of last year. Why? Because there is a revelatory journey that God wants us to live in and walk in every single day. You know, the Apostle Paul said, don't, he said, walk as the wise. You know, he said, make the most of the time. You know, this is from Ephesians 5. He said, because the days are evil. He said, don't walk as a fool. Don't be foolish about, in other words, don't be foolish about what God is doing. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for the planet. God has a a strategy for your life. He is doing something. You are in the middle of a move of God. I mean, truthfully, every single day of your life is designed to be a victorious day with the Holy Spirit. And when you are on the Father's agenda, guess what? You're living a successful life, regardless of what it looks like outside. You know, your success is not defined by how much money you have or, you know, other people's opinions of you or these these external definitions of success. True success is fulfilling the Father's agenda. For your life, for your year, and for the quarter, for the month, and for the day. And so I've started a new practice coming into this year. I mean, I've always done, you know, words for the year. But it really wasn't until this year that I kind of got into this place of let's do this on a quarter basis, right? Let's get the words down to a quarter level. Well, then the Lord just took it down a little further for me and brought it down to, okay, so what's the word for January? What's the word for February? What's the word for March? 
So if we're in the first quarter, which when I'm recording this podcast, we are, it's February. What is the word of the month? What is God doing this month in your life? And then I even drilled it down another level and brought it to the place of what is the word for the day? So every day, what is the father saying about this day? What are you learning? What is he teaching you? What is, what, what truth is he, is he renewing your mind with that is destined to set you free? And this is something that honestly has evolved for me. And because I am so committed to the father's agenda, let me give you the scripture. I know I, I read it a lot, but if dependency is the key to producing fruit, if God is our source and we are truly the branch, okay, and that's from John 15, by the way, he is the vine, we are the branches, but if we are really going to abide and we're really going to live out of a place of dependency upon God and accomplish his agenda, and as we accomplish his agenda, fulfill our purpose and walk down, you know, I talked about this in our last podcast, the paths that he prepared ahead of time, uh, right? In Ephesians 2.10, in the Amplified Classic Version, it talks about that, that we were recreated in Christ for good works, that our destiny has been set before time began. And that God even has these paths that he wants us to walk down to fulfill it. And if we're really going to do that through abiding in Jesus, this scripture to me means is everything. And it's John 530 in the voice, and I'm going to read it. And really it is the context for me encouraging you to go and get these prophecies and get these words that God has over your life and get these words that God has over you know, your year and your quarter and your month and your day. Because here's what Jesus said. I believe Jesus lived in perfect union with the Father every day, every moment of his life. I believe that when he said the Father are in one and I are one, that that was an absolutely true way of living and way of being for Jesus. And when he said, hey, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father, I believe that Jesus had no self-concept apart from the Father. There was not a Jesus that existed apart from the Father. He did not see himself as the son of Joseph and Mary beyond calling himself the son of man. So he not that he just like denied the fact that he had a human lineage, but he did not identify his family even with that lineage. He did not say, you know, Mary is my mother and these are my brothers and sisters because Joseph was my, you know, adopted dad and Mary was my mother. He literally said at one point, because his mother and his brothers were searching for him, and I can search the scripture and find it, but he said, who is my mother? Who is my brother? He said, those that do the will of God. He said that was his family. So Jesus was not associating his identity with his earthly family to such a degree that he actually, if we're just honest, he disowned them. And he had a new family. And his new family was a spiritual family. 
And so many of us, so much of our lives are defined by our natural parents and our natural lineage and our natural experiences and the things that we've been through. And we've learned a version of ourselves that is not ourselves. And so when I talk about getting on the Father's agenda and looking at how Jesus lived and why I'm asking you to go get these prophetic words and why am I asking you to go and get the word for 2020 and the word for the month and the word for the day, all of that, it's because I believe as believers (laughs) that we are exactly like Jesus because we're one with Jesus. And if so if this was how Jesus was living in his earthly ministry, guess what? This is how he's still living. And this is how he's living right now in us. He's not living in us apart from the Father. Jesus is not in us doing an agenda in our lives apart from the Father. And guess what? The Holy Spirit isn't either. So the Holy Spirit is on the Father's agenda for you and I. Jesus is on the Father's agenda for you and I. So what I'm saying is the same way we read that Jesus lived, how about we step into the life of Christ right now? Because if you and I are crucified, Paul said, hey, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But the life I now live in the flesh, right, I live by the faith of the Son of God. He says, he said, let me say it again because I misquoted it. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Yet Christ lives in me. Right? So the you that thinks you, that even thinks that there's a you is actually crucified. And Jesus is living inside of you. His life is your life. And this is how Jesus lives. Let me just tell you, this isn't just how he lived. This is how he lives. He's living like this right now, and he'd like you to go ahead and get on page with him. In John 5.30, he said, I have never acted and will not in the future act on my own. I listen to the directions of the one who sent me and act on these divine instructions. For this reason, my judgment is always fair and never self-serving, I'm committed to pursuing God's agenda and not my own. So this, Jesus was on God's agenda and he said he never acted on his own. That he always just acted on the instructions and the directions of the one who had sent him. And that's what he was acting on. He was getting God's instructions and following the leader. He was following the instructions of the father. So, I'm going to go back to this idea that the Father has an agenda. When I say you've got a word for 2020, I'm going to say it a different way. It's the Father's agenda for your life for 2020. And the Father has an agenda for the year. He's got an agenda for the quarter. He's got an agenda for uh, the, the, the month. He's got an agenda for each and every single day. And For me, I'm drilling this thing down. I mean, I am so committed to union life (laughs) Uh, and allowing the Holy Spirit to completely sever independent ways of being in my life that I'm truly always, you know, just doing my best to yield to this and to the scripture. And for me, you know, like I said, I, 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 I've started getting these daily words. 
Now let me, before you get too hung up on that, let me also say this, that for me, the daily word isn't always, doesn't change every single day. (laughs) The word will stay until I get it. Meaning the work of the Holy Spirit that he's doing in my life right now it will stay there until I get fully on page with him and that work has been accomplished. So if that one word turns into a word for the month or a word for the whatever, my point is, is that you don't have to try to get so precise with this that, you know, you're just thinking every single day is something different than the day before. My point is, is that God is doing something. And the sooner we can get on page with it, then the sooner he can accomplish it. And here's what I know. Because you're listening to this podcast, you are in a process of being integrated with Jesus at a subconscious level. You are in the process of experiment, maybe experimenting too, but experiencing for sure union with God to such a degree that every other self-concept is completely absorbed by the truth. And so I want to just give you, I feel like the Lord has given me permission to share with you an encounter that I had, that I have had, that kind of gives us, a, gives this some legs. And I'm, I'm trying to, to work this into practically how this works. Over the course of my life, because of some things that have happened to me in my life, I learned that it was not safe to be myself. And what I mean by that is, and I'm just going to kind of, walk you through a little bit of my timeline. Uh, I am adopted and my birth mother was not married when she conceived me. I was born in 1968. So being pregnant out of wedlock in 1968 is a very different experience than being pregnant out of wedlock in 2020. And as hard as it is in 2020, <laughs> uh, even I'm not saying that that's not a, a hard thing to, to walk through and go through, I can assure you that we probably don't even have a concept of what that was like in 1968. And as a result of that, um, and just to even make it a little more interesting, um, my birth father was married, not to my birth mother. So first you've got this 
unwed mother situation going on, but now you've got this adulterous situation going on. And just to kind of compound that, um, here I am in the womb as a baby, um, just the emotions that my birth mother went through led her down a place where she became suicidal and actually made an attempt on her life. And so although I didn't survive an abortion, per se, because you've, you know, you've probably seen the movie October Baby. If you haven't, it's a movie about a survivor of an abortion and how that affected her whole life, even though she was in the womb when it happened. And, you know, many of us recognize that it's one of the reasons why we are anti-abortion or that we are for, you know, pro-life is because we do recognize that even in the womb, there is a consciousness. That baby has a consciousness. That baby can feel pain. And there is such a connection between the mother and the baby, you know, that, that, that they share stress hormones. They, they, I mean, when the mother is under stress, that affects the baby. I mean, if the mother's addicted to drugs, the baby's born addicted to drugs. I mean, there is a connection in, in utero that we're just still beginning to understand. But as I've walked through my inner healing journey with the Lord to be, uh, I guess I would say for my mind to be renewed to who I am in Christ, I have, I have really, um, worked to understand and worked with the Holy Spirit to be healed from, honestly, my opinion of myself. And I began to recognize that there were some key experiences in my life, including the fact that I was adopted, including the fact that the, 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 the circumstances surrounding my birth had at some level affected me and had somehow also affected my ability to accept myself and also had taught me some things about the nature of emotions and that other people's emotions and other people's reactions are not safe. And I can say that that's not the only experience. Um, I had three dads by the time I was three and had experienced sexual abuse at two um, with one of them. And those experiences further ingrained in me, honestly, that there was something wrong with me, um, that there was something inherently wrong with me. And those beliefs were so deep-seated. First of all, they were unconscious. I didn't realize they were driving my behavior or defining my self-concept. But the truth is, everything that we've experienced in our lives, to some degree, has formed our self-concept and has shaped our beliefs around the way the world operates and the way we view other people. Are other human beings safe? Is the world a safe place? Is the world a dangerous place? Are my emotions safe? Are other people's emotions safe? We, we, we are programmed with these things to such a subconscious degree that we don't even realize many times that they are controlling us and they are limiting us because when we look at ourselves, when we, when we think about who we are, 
we are looking at ourselves through those lenses. And it's taken really my, my entire lifetime to begin to unravel all of this and experience true freedom and an identity that lives in, in union with Jesus. And in the process, I will tell you, the Lord has gone back with me through encounters with him to various experiences that I've experienced in life. And I just want to share one of my most recent encounters because I believe that as I share this with you, it's going to give you a frame, kind of like a picture frame, that you can reframe your self-concept through. And you can reframe your past through. Because honestly, when, when Jesus walks you through this reframing process, you no longer see yourself the same. In fact, you can't see yourself apart from him. And so I'm going to go back to an experience that I, I had recently with the Lord that accomplished this kind of integration with Jesus. And in the encounter, basically, the Lord brought me back to a memory of I was in elementary school, and we had just moved to a new city. It was a new school. I was in about third grade, and my mom worked, so she would sometimes drop me off at school early and apparently we could just play on the playground or whatever until it was time to go to school. There was supervision or whatever. But in this particular day, I was sitting on the playground in the swing, uh, waiting for school to start, but I was by myself and I was really, really embarrassed. And I was embarrassed because my mom had put me in this dress that was too small for me, I felt like. It was too short. And I was very embarrassed. I didn't want to have the, 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 the dress on. It was a new school. And I was just sitting in this swing, angry at my mom. I was angry that I had this dress on. And I was embarrassed. And honestly, I started to recognize and connect with the fact that, honestly, I was ashamed. And as Jesus showed up in this memory, in this place with that little girl, something phenomenal began to happen. The first thing that Jesus did is he just gave that little girl a great big hug. And he just empathized with her and the way that she felt. And I could feel this almost like, I'm sorry that you're having to go through this from Jesus. And then something pretty awesome happened. He, he, he says, you know what? I brought you a new dress. And he, he shows me this dress. And honestly, it's a dress that I he'd actually shown me from previous encounters. It's a party dress. It's from Isaiah chapter 61 that says he gives you a garment of praise instead of a heavy failing and bur- burdened spirit. And it was like a little party dress. But, you know, as I connected with that little girl in that memory, that little girl was not ready to put on that dress. 
She did not feel worthy of that dress. It was like that dress did not belong to her. She was filled with great shame. And there was an awareness in that little girl of what had happened to her when she was two years old and how she had been sexually abused. And, you know, it's interesting when you go back into these kinds of experiences with the Lord. I mean, I really do recommend that this kind of inner healing, I mean, I have been doing inner healing with, you know, at this point I've been, I was in therapy in my twenties. I'm now in my fifties. I have a enormous amount of experience with just emotional brokenness, mental illness, you name it. I mean, I have walked through an incredible amount of, of healing experiences with Jesus. He has healed me, really. He is a healer, you guys. And don't let anybody tell you that he can't heal trauma and that he can't heal your past and that he can't reframe it and use it to make not only your life beautiful, but to truly do something so powerful through it. But I'm sharing this with you because if it's even hard to hear this stuff because you are, you've been through something this painful or you don't feel equipped to, to even walk through these kind of encounters with Jesus, I just want to encourage you. You know what? Uh, you can reach out to the ministry at info at shalice.com or, uh, we can get you connected, uh, to one of our inner healing ministers to one of our mind renewal ministers that can help walk you through this stuff. But I just felt right in the middle of that. I wanted to stop <laughs> in case you're are, if I'm already losing you because you're like, Whoa, I can't do this stuff, but I just, I'm going to continue, but I just thought I would throw that in there. But anyway, as Jesus showed up and I began to connect with this concept that, wait, I have, I don't feel worthy of this dress. You know what? The Lord did something pretty shocking. I mean, it might be shocking to you, but it was kind of shocking to me at the moment. And he just said, he just told the little girl that it was okay for her to be free from shame. And what that looked like was that little girl, he put a little dressing room right there in the middle of the playground And he and her got in this little dressing room, this little private little dressing room. And he said, sweetheart, you can take off all of your clothes. There's no reason to be ashamed to be naked. And and Jesus began to minister healing to this little girl about the way that she felt dirty and the way that she felt unclean and the way that the abuse had affected her body image and the way that she saw herself. And at one point, this light came out of his eyes and just began to just almost like as a beam, just shine down that little girl. And it was like, it was like this light was, it was like the way Jesus saw her was clean. She was just clean. And it was almost like it was the whole picture went from black and white almost or this dingy gray colored to like perfectly beautiful colors and 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 then as he was doing this he was just saying sweetheart you are clean there's nothing unclean about you and then a mirror came in front of her so that she could see herself that way and it was hard still she she was still struggling seeing herself that way and Jesus said you know what sweetheart you are clothed with me 
I clothe you. I clothe you. And this revelation began to flood this little girl of her being clothed with Christ. And this union with Jesus that she had even as a little girl. And the scripture from Ephesians that says we were chosen in him. We were chosen in him before the foundation of the world began to resonate in my mind at that time. And it says this in in Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to read it to you. It says in verse 4, And he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself, even before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. You know, that scripture, (laughs) literally this encounter that I was having was literally a revelation of this scripture. That it from his eyes... I was holy from his eyes. I was innocent and that I was chosen in him. I was clothed with Christ. And as that union experience began to flood my, my conscious mind and minister to that little girl, I then recognized that I wasn't just clothed with Christ, but Jesus lived inside of me and that no matter where I went, I was clean. I was I was covered, that shame was not my portion. And beloved, this experience that I had with God, you know, that's the beautiful thing about experiences with Jesus, especially in the places that we've experienced trauma in our life, is that I can't even remember the memory now or remember the feelings without Jesus not having transformed it. You know, by the end of the, by the end of the scene and the memory, I was literally running around the schoolyard naked. I didn't care who saw me. You know, I was just naked as a jaybird running free, right? Because I really wasn't naked. I was clothed with, I was clothed with Jesus. And that shame, I will tell you, shame is not our portion. And we can say this until we are blue in the face. We can say that Jesus bore our shame. We can say that, that, that shame is, you know, of the devil. We can renounce it. We can rebuke it. But the truth is that thing runs deeper. It runs deeper in our hearts. It runs deeper in our minds. And we can't just will it away. Jesus is the healer. And he is willing to go wherever he needs to go so that you are integrated with him at a subconscious level. Because I will tell you, that shame, for the most part, is not even conscious. Why? Because shame in itself is shameful. Nobody even wants to talk about it. We're even ashamed that we're shamed, that we're ashamed. We won't, we, we will repress that stuff because it is not only painful, it is shameful in of, of itself. I remember one time when the Lord started taking me deeper 
And I knew he wanted to go some places that I was kind of scared to go. And I could, I kind of had this little visualization. The Holy Spirit gave it to me that was like I was hiding a bunch of stuff under the covers. And I didn't want to look under the covers. And, you know, but Jesus was there and he said, sweetie, it's time to look under the covers. You know, and I, I remember telling him, well, what if it's bad? And he said, well, honey, it is. And I said, well, what if it's so bad that I, I just throw up because I just can't handle it? It's just so bad. He said, well, it might be. You might throw up. You might. He said, but I already see it. I already see it. So your only person you're hiding it from is yourself. And I'm going to go with you. And I'll clean up. If you throw, I'll clean up your throw up. I'll clean up whatever mess. I will clean it all up. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to hide this from me. And, you know, people often, I don't know if they criticize me. I don't know if they just don't get me. I don't know really what they think. I've almost, almost gotten free from caring. But I think what people don't understand is what Jesus has really done for me. I, I think they don't understand that I kind of understand how messed up I really was. And that I also understand that no one but Jesus could help me. And that he has. And he has never shamed me. He has never come into the worst, scariest, darkest, ugliest, most sinful, most depraved, most disgusting, most deceived, most alienated, rejected, you name it. You, you put the grossest label you can put on something or the way a person would feel or the things that they have done. And he has never come down to that level in, frankly, in my life or anyone else's life and done anything except reconciled that person to who they are in him. When he gets down in the dirt, when he gets down in the, the abuse, when he gets down in the, in the sin and the, the disgustingness of our lives or other people's lives, he shows up with light. And he shows up with original innocence. And he shows up with original choice. And he shows up to show you who you were in him before the foundation of the world. That you were a princess before the fall. That you were a king before Adam ate the fruit. That you were perfectly loved and perfectly holy and blameless and, and unstained and innocent before anyone ever taught you otherwise. Before you were abused, before you were neglected, before you were rejected, before you were, you know, attempted to be killed by people who also had experienced the same amount of brokenness in their own lives that caused them per to continue to perpetuate it. And he, when he comes down there, you don't only see yourself different, but you see everybody different. 
I can't look at that memory of myself at two years old being abused in the front seat of a car the same anymore. I can't look at my stepdad anymore as my abuser. or I only can look with eyes of love. I only can look at someone who didn't know what I now know. By the grace of God, by the way, I know it. And now when I look at him, all I want to do is fix it. I just want to fix it for him. I want to fix it for his dad and his mom or whoever abused him and whoever abused him and whoever abused him and whoever, 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 whoever was fed a a lie. This behavior in our lives, whether it's our own or others, is driven by a lie. It's driven by a lie The lie of separation, ultimately. The lie of not knowing our origin. That our family isn't just our natural family, that we were chosen in him to be blameless and to be holy. And that he joined us to him before we were born. Before anybody was born. We weren't just made one at the cross. Just the right of that identity to rule us anymore was accomplished at the cross. Jesus walked out in time. Really, the whole Bible is this account of human beings walking out in time the Father's original plan. And your story, as you know it today, is not the whole story. Your life story is not the whole story. Why? Because it, it is not, it, you, you, you don't have your origin in original glory. Because the beginning of your story started before time. That's where you began. You began in Him. Your conception was not in your mother's womb. It was in the womb of God. It was in the mind of God. It was in the heart of God. He conceived you. Your inception was not at the moment you came into being in your mother's womb. Your inception was in him. Your origin, your source is in God. And I will tell you, for that little third grader that was on the playground, it changed everything for her. I get that she's just a memory. I get that in our linear world and concept of time, she no longer exists. But I'm telling you, she did exist. She existed in my mind, which kept her alive. And she was, she still had a voice about my self image. She still had a voice and a view of the way that she saw me and the way that she saw my body and the way that she had a, that, that, that I was ashamed to be myself. I was ashamed to be seen. There was a shame based identity that was still alive in me because of things that had happened to me decades and decades and decades ago. And I, and I'll tell you, 
When Jesus showed up and preached the gospel to that little girl, when that little girl got a revelation that she was clothed with Jesus, that she was inside of him and he was inside of her, and that she, that was not her, her portion, that she could put on that party dress. She could put on those garments of praise. She could wear the royal dress. She could go naked because it didn't matter what she wore anymore because none of that defined her. Jesus Christ defined her. The Father's original identity defined her. Now, I get it. I get a lot of people in the body of Christ don't believe in inner healing. They don't believe that these things affect us. But I'll tell you what. Repressing something, denying something, suppressing something doesn't make it go away. Your self-image is a subconscious construct that has been programmed into you through your life experiences. And mind renewal, call it inner healing if you want, call it anything you want. Mind renewal is biblical. And mind renewal involves changing your mind at a subconscious level. It means agreeing with who you are at a subconscious level. And now just to bring that full circle back to where I started, because there really is a point to all of this, is that when I say the Father's agenda is for you to abide and live out of your true identity, what this means is that you and I have to discover it. And if we are going to discover our true identity, we are going to have to transcend our human story. And we are going to have to get the whole story. And the whole story is that you began in him. Your origin is in him. And so this concept of a word for the year or a word for the quarter or a word for the month or a word for the day, to me, is about me becoming me. It's about the process that God is taking me through in my life to get my identity straight, to get my union with God straight, to get my story straight. Because guess what? My ending is dependent upon me knowing the beginning. I will not fulfill God's intents and his purposes for my life, nor will I fulfill my destiny with a wrong image of myself. And I will not finish my story if I don't have the right beginning of my story. And every day, God is setting me free. Every day, he is causing me to be me. Every day, he is rewriting my story. And I am on his agenda to do so. Everything else in my life becomes a part of this process. 
There is nothing that happens to me that God won't use to set me free. There is nothing, there is not a person, there is not a circumstance because I have a destiny. And I want to say this to you, beloved, you have a destiny. And God is not going to settle. The Holy Spirit is not going to stop until he has finished the good work that he began in you. And that work began before you were born. And so as I wrap up today's podcast, I, I really am depending on the Holy Spirit for it all to make sense to you and for it all to be relevant for you. I just, I just want to pray, <laughs> you know, as I'm recording this podcast, it's snowing up here in the mountains. It's been snowing a lot, actually, the last several weeks. And I, I, I just felt like the Holy Spirit just highlighted that to me. Because there's something that's so pure about snow. You know, even there's scripture that talks about how our sins, though they be as scarlet, they will become white as snow, sinless, sinless, sinless. And beloved, I want to tell you that the work that Jesus has done on the cross and the work that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit planned before the world began for the lamb to be slain. That was to accomplish this cleansing. And this cleansing is a conscience cleansing. There's a scripture in Hebrews that talks about, I think it's Hebrews 12, that talks about how the blood of Jesus cleanses, cleanses our conscience from every dead work. I'm telling you, there is a cleansing of our conscience. That the work of Jesus and the blood of Jesus is doing in this hour. He is doing it even now, I believe, as you're listening to me. If God is bringing up, if the Holy Spirit is bringing up memories while we're, while I'm talking, well, you know what? Just write them down. Just make a note. Because those are invitations, beloved. Those are invitations that Jesus wants to go back in time with you. And he wants to redeem the time. He wants to make it new. He wants to show you you from a union perspective. He wants to take you back to that place where you were defined as ugly. You were defined as fat. You were defined as worthless. You were defined as stupid. You were defined as rejected, as bad as whatever those labels are. And he wants to rip that off of you. And he wants to give you a new garment that, that, that is Jesus. <laughs> he wants to put Jesus on you in that place. He wants to label you as new. He wants to label you as his. He wants to label you as innocent. He wants to label you as righteous and holy and perfect and blameless. Because that's how you are. You've been that way since before time began in his sight. And it is time for you to receive your sight. It is time for you to be restored to original glory.
and for you to hear your whole story. And so, beloved, I just pray. (laughs) I just pray. I don't even know how to say what I want to pray, but Holy Spirit, do what you're doing. Take them on the journey, Father. Take them on the journey to discover their original story. Help them experience Jesus, Holy Spirit, in ways that you've done in my life, you've done in others' lives, you've done in the Apostle Paul's life. You gave him a revelation here in Ephesians, God. You gave him a revelation of original, your original choice. And that we are your original choice. And so whatever that looks like for each person, Father, give them a revelation, Lord. Even as they read the scriptures, Father, just give them a lens for their union with you. Let them begin to see everything through this lens. And Father, just I pray that you would... Just use this podcast again and again and again to set people free from shame and whatever else has obscured their vision and taught them things about themselves that are untrue. And I just give you praise in advance for all of it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, beloved, I, I, I know it was kind of a deep podcast. I never kind of know how the father's going to take it when we start. So <laughs> I, this one might have to have a disclaimer on it <laughs> before you listen, right? Deep revelation ahead. But God, God knows if you're listening to it, that it's time for you to hear it. And so I also just want to encourage you that, you know, this kind of deep intimacy with God, these kinds of encounters not only set us free, but I'll tell you, they, they become a way of life. And it truly is my way of life. And it's also why, kind of, I feel like I need to get this in somehow, but it's why I created Emerge, Emerge School of Transformation, because Emerge is there to help you unravel the things that your life has taught you about God, about yourself, about your purpose, and about how to fulfill it. And, you know, I am watching God use this school so powerfully in people's lives And I'm watching our graduates, you know, continue to do the work as they move towards living out of that union and doing the work that they're here to do. And so I just want to encourage you, if God is tugging at your heartstrings and and calling you to get more information about Emerge and be a part of that, you know, have that be a part of your journey to fulfill your purpose and, and heal your life and learn how to live in union with him, well, send us an email, info at and we will get you connected 
with um, our team. They're a group of incredible ministers that can help you discern your next step and pray with you. And also, I want to encourage you that if you are not a, a regular contributor uh, and supporter of the ministry and a supporter of the podcast, you know, consider becoming a partner. Uh, head on over to Shalise.com and so into these podcasts, so into the message, so into the work that God is doing in your life and in the lives of so many other people around the globe who are regular listeners of this podcast. I just be a part of it. Join me as we uh, preach the gospel, the way that it actually is meant to be preached and get the, the, the truth of our union with God out to as many people as possible. Beloved, I love you. I so honor our connection and I'm so thankful that we get to share these divine appointments together. So until next time, I will see you in Facebook world. Uh, you can always connect with me. The best place to connect me is uh, in my private group. It's called the path to purpose with Shalice. You can, uh, you know, just click on it and ask to join. And that's where I am really most connected with people that are not in my programs. Uh, you also can download a copy of my book at the, the pathfreebook.com. And until we talk or see each other in, in those circles, God bless you. <laughs>